Well, I'll tell you what. The more you hear about what's going on in this world, we know that the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Amen? But uh, I, I don't want to get you real excited and talk, talk about the soon coming of the Lord tonight. There was a, a conference I was in one time, and, and uh, they were talking about God getting a load and taking them on up, you know. And, and uh, he said, how many, the preacher said, how many wants to go to heaven? Everybody was raising their hands and shouting. And, and this one man sitting on the front row, he didn't do nothing, just kept there with his hands folded. And finally the pastor said, how many really wants to go to heaven? Everybody raised their hands and shouted. And, and this man just still sat there with his hands folded. He said, sir, don't you want to go to heaven? He said, well, certainly I do, but I thought you was getting a load up right now, and I don't want to go yet. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't God good? Turn with me, if you will, over to the Philippians, the fourth chapter tonight. We're going to talk about something that will, I believe will encourage you, it will instruct you. How many of those teaching is instruction, exhortation, encouragement? And uh, we, we want this to encourage us tonight and, and get us in a position to where we can go through anything that comes our way in life. Hallelujah. Listen, life is life. And how many of those in life, you got your bumps to go over? <laughs> And uh, sometimes you've got to go through storms. But you know the thing is, God has never left you in a lurch. He's with you always, even to the end of the world. He said, Lo, I'm with you always, always, always. Listen, we need to get that down in our heart. Jesus is with me now. He's with me always. Hallelujah. Now look at Philippians, the fourth chapter. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. Remember, the church at Philippi was started when Paul was actually uh, in prison there, uh, and him and Silas were put there together in jail. And when they, when they, uh, in the middle of the night, they were they were in the inner prison. You know, stocks and bonds had been beaten, and all of the things that go along with being in prison. And uh, they they were there, and at midnight, the Bible says Paul and Silas sang praises to the Lord. And as they were praising God, now notice, they, they had their chains on them. They couldn't clap. They couldn't dance. But they could speak. I tell you, I guess if one thing the devil is dumb about, he know if he only realized the power of our tongue and the power of our praise coming out of our mouth, he would gag us all the time. But he can't do it anyway. But they praised the Lord, and at midnight, the Bible said, that the, there was a great shaking that came along. I always talk about it like this, that the great shaking happened because their hands were in socks and bonds and their feet. They couldn't clap. They couldn't raise their hands. They couldn't dance. They couldn't keep time with their music. And so the Lord just sent an angel down there and said, I want you to go down there and help them keep time with the music. And he just got that jailhouse and just kept time with the music. And there was a great shaking, and all the bonds were broken. Hallelujah. All the prison doors swung open. Because of the great earthquake. I just kind of add, added a little bit there. But that's possible. Angels can do that. Amen. But an uh, earthquake, and, and they were all set free. They were free. And out of that incident, not one prisoner escaped 
because they were so amazed at the power of God that was manifested that night. And the jailer was afraid, but he got saved and his whole household and was baptized that night. And all the, I, don't, I guess all the prisoners must have got saved. I don't know what happened there. It doesn't really say in the Scripture at that particular time. But the Bible said a church was started right there in that jailer's house. And the church at Philippi, the ch- letter to the Philippians, was to that church that was formed because of the overnight stay Paul and Silas had in the jail. And the power of God was manifested, and they saw what God could do. Now, Paul's writing to this church, and evidently, you know, I, I, I guess they're, they're just like anybody else, you know. They're going to have times where they want to get down in the dumps. Have you ever had anybody around you that wants to get down in the dumps sometimes? And, uh, you know, they're, and they're determined to get you down in the dumps with them. Uh, you know, it ought to be the other way around. Our praise should be contagious. Our joy should be contagious. And they want what you've got. <laughs> Hallelujah. But... Evidently, they had some things happening in the church at Philippi. Now, look what Paul begins to write to this church. And begin reading in the fourth verse. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. I won't say that again. Paul said it twice, I'm going to say it twice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Now, what did he say? Rejoice when things are going good? Did he say rejoice when everything's going your way? Did did he say rejoice when everything looks like it's really good? Or when you feel really good? No. He said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And then he goes on to say, and be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And he begins to, um, he said, don't be anxious for anything. Now, that word anxious is, is, is an interesting word. Anxious. I know a lot of people, they get anxious. I've gotten anxious. I I mean, I've gotten anxious at times, you know. I mean, I'm just going to sit here and admit it. I've gotten anxious, but you know what? I've got a remedy. I found a remedy to my anxiety. I found a a remedy to my worry, (laughs) because that's all it is. When you get anxious, it's worry and doubt and fear. And if you want to add another word there, unbelief. I mean, it's all combined together. But when I get that way, I've learned a secret. I've learned that if I'll just start praising the Lord and just start glorifying God. And the devil gets confused because he said, I thought I had him worried. And I thought I had him perplexed. And I thought I had him down in the dumps. But here he is praising God. And you know what I like to do? Just praise God in tongues. Because when you praise God in tongues, you don't even have to have the understanding of it. God's getting the understanding of it. He understands it. But when you're praying in tongues, you're praying the will of God also. 
Because isn't that what Paul said over uh, in another verse? He said, when you don't know how to pray or what kind of prayer to offer, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will see to it that God's will is done because you're going to pray the will of God. See, when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying the will of God. You're praying what God is wanting you to pray. But Paul said, don't be anxious for anything. Look at what he said. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are uh, noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are, are of good report, of good report. Everybody say good report. I, I don't want to hear an evil report. I've had people come to me. I'm having such a great day, not not here, but I'm talking about in the past, you know. But I've been having such a great day, and somebody come barging into my office or something, say, Brother Clarence, did you hear what so and so did? I said, No, and I don't want to hear it. This isn't the time nor the place. <laughs> Amen. But whatsoever things are a good report. Well, listen, if it's not a good report, just zip your mouth. <laughs> just, just hold it in for a while. Amen? Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, this, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly uh, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I've learned how to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens me. So tonight I want to talk about what he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. See, can we as believers... Know the balance between not denying our feelings, yet not living by feelings. How many understands what I'm saying? We're all overwhelmed at times. So that feeling is there. And we can either go by our feelings, or we can reach out and go by faith. Somebody said, yeah, but... Didn't you, don't you know what I'm going through? No, but God does. And what the Lord is saying, if we could just come to that point to where we will just, you know, don't let our feelings overtake us. A despondent feeling will even go deeper and it'll bring it into deep depression. Deep depression brings you into a place of exile, an exile away from everybody in the Lord's presence of all things, you know. So feelings, we just can't go by that. And, and, and I'm going to insert this in here. Just because you don't feel what we call Holy Ghost witness bumps all the time, doesn't mean that God's power is not real. Amen? If we go by the feelings, you know what the devil will do? He'll bring every disruption in the world in your midst. He'll do everything he can to get you, keep, you, keep you in discord. or And I say discord even with the Lord. You know, you can get in discord with the Lord. 
You can blame God for everything. You can blame God for your problems. You can blame God for all that's happening in our life. But I do like the feeling if you walk through that door, as that old song said, when I walked through that door, I knew His presence was here. Amen? We're standing. We're standing in the presence of the Lord. We're standing in His presence. So, we've got to learn the feelings. Don't live by feelings, but by faith. Don't let depression get you. Someone said, is depression a sin? No, but it can lead to sin. (laughs) Um, The children of Israel got depressed. Moses got depressed. The one that led them out of Egyptian bondage. He was there, and the Egyptian army was coming up behind them. And the Red Sea was in front of them. The people were grumbling and complaining. Said, why did you even take us out of there, Moses? You should have just left us. At least we had food to eat. At least we had a grave to be put in. <laughs> thinking about dying is what they were thinking about. And Moses must have got depressed because he went into his tent. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Moses, why are you crying unto me? In other words, I told you what to do. You have obeyed, heeded my word all the way through, but now you're here crying. And Moses began to say, well, the people's there crying. <laughs> and the Lord said, you get out of here. And you go tell those people forward march. Can you imagine? Now, they had respect for Moses. They better have because he got them out of a big mess. And they had respect for him as a, as a leader hearing from God. And when they got out there, the Lord said, forward march. And there was a Red Sea in front of them, the Egyptian army coming up behind them. Now, that's a pretty bad dilemma to be in. How many ever been in a dilemma? I heard about these two guys out in the pasture and they didn't know they, that they were, I guess they kind of like me, I didn't know the difference between a cow and a bull, you know. And uh, they, they, there was a big bull out there, and, and that bull, he got, at, he got angry with them, and he started coming after them. And, uh, and this one guy just jumped up in a tree, and the other guy, there was a hole in the ground. He just jumped down in that hole, and that bull went over him. And uh, that guy jumped back out, and then here come that bull again. He jumped back in. But this, this went on back and forth, just back and forth, back and forth. And finally, the guy up in the tree said, Why don't you just stay down in the hole? And the guy said, It's easy for you to talk like that. You're on a limb up there, watching everything. But he said, I'm in a dilemma here. I've got the bull charging after me, and I've got a pit full of snakes down here where I'm at. So that's a dilemma. How many ever been in a dilemma? I mean, it can't get no better, can't get no worse, but you're in a dilemma. That's where you're going to have to put some confidence and trust in the Lord. Trust Him. Moses was in a dilemma. (laughs) But you know what? God said, forward march. And they forward marched. And the people probably thinking, where are we going? And Moses just put his rod out over the sea. 
And then they just sat there and waited all night. Huh? I, I thought God was an instantaneous God. I thought God does instant miracles all the time. I, I, I thought, you know, he told us to forward march. Why, why don't he open it up just right here? No, all that night God caused a strong east wind to blow. They had to stand there in faith all night long. Till the next morning they got up and there the sea was parted. Big wall of water. And they went across on dry ground. Then the army of Egypt came and tried to do the same thing, but God just let the water come down on them and destroyed them all. And they never saw that enemy because that was a promise God gave to Moses. This day you'll see the enemy no more. Hallelujah. God's given us a promise. We don't have to see the enemy no more. Hallelujah. Now, we have a choice. Life is full of choices. I'm going to tell you, you chose to be saved. You had to make a choice to receive the Lord. If you've got the power of the Holy Ghost, you you made a choice to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. Healing, you make a choice to believe God for healing and believe what God's Word declares. So life is full of choices that we have to make every day. But this choice to rejoice is your choice. I wish I could just sing like a mockingbird cause everybody to rejoice but I'm going to make you endure all my mistakes and cause you to have to be, to be forced to rejoice <laughs> but everybody wants joy but look what it says on the surface Paul's words rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice these are some of the simplest words in scripture to read and understand but he said, rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. There's power in it. Now, what I want to ask you, is it really possible to rejoice? Always? Is it possible for us as believers to rejoice always? Paul said it was, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And I believe he was an expert in this area. He wasn't just talking out of the top of his head. He was talking by experience. See, Paul had been through some things. Shipwreck. Out on the stormy sea. The boat was just smashed to nothing hardly. They held on to the, to the rubble of the boat as it floated up to the island where they were. But God gave them a promise. You stay with the boat and every man on this boat will be saved. And they, were, they did. They obeyed the Lord. Now, is it, it's tough to rejoice in the time of a storm. How many has ever found that to be true? I mean, to, to really be true? Somebody said, yeah, but I didn't have an angel of the Lord come and talk to me like Paul did. But it doesn't matter. You've got this Word. You, you've got the eternal Word of God. You've got this Word that's backed by the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything in here is backed by the Word. Praise God. We have what the Word says is ours. And so we, we've got the best guarantee that there is. And uh, Paul had a guarantee from the angel of the Lord, the word of the Lord. He believed it, and he told the men, stay with the boat. If you don't, you're going to die. <laughs> you know, I, I believe they, they heeded to what he said. But Paul was beaten, thrown in prison, stoned and left for dead at one time. Stoned and left for dead, preaching the gospel. 
because the devil always had a crowd rise up against him and persecute him. And, but you know what happened? When they stoned him and left him for dead, the disciples gathered around him and prayed, and he just came right back up and said, let's go preach. Where are we going now? Hallelujah. Because God's Word is truth. Now, is it possible to rejoice always? Or we to go around with a perpetual smile on our face all the time? Hallelujah. I try to. I try to smile. I try to be happy. Somebody got mad at me one time because I was so happy. They said, how can you be so happy, Brother Clarence? I said, because I know him. Hallelujah. He's our peace. He's our joy. Is it a sin to feel depressed or sad? I think we as human beings, we go through these areas of life, but the sin comes when we allow the depression and the lies of the enemy to override what God's Word declares. The Bible said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I mean, that kind of hits every one of us somewhere. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Are we supposed to deny pain or sorrow? We've all went through sorrow. We've all went through the loss of loved ones. We've all went through that time of, of losing someone from this earth. They're, they're in the presence of the Lord. If they know the Lord, we know where they are. Praise God. And that's the joy. And that's the joy we can have at that time. But yet there's sorrow. There's grief. There's these things. But the Bible said He bear our grief. And our sorrows. Hallelujah. He took all of that. He, he took it on Himself so that we could have a chance to just put our trust and confidence in Him and decide and make a quality decision. I'm going to rejoice in the midst of all this. You know, if you lost a loved one and they were good, godly people, loved the Lord with all their heart, I tell you what, they'd, they'd be the first one to come down and slap you in the face. Well, I shouldn't use that term, I guess, but kick you in the rear end. I don't know. <laughs> but they'd be the first one to tell you, what are you grievous over? It's just like the Word declared. Heaven is real. Hallelujah. I've known people, I've been around people, I've been there when they passed. Uh, and I, I, I've been around people that were not believers when they passed. I've been around a lot of believers when they passed. And I tell you what, when the non-believers passed, there was a sense of grief and a sense of sorrow. Because their, their destiny was in heaven. There's there's a teaching going around today that uh, we just heard something somewhere that that uh, that after you die you can still make things right with God. Now I don't know where they're getting that. It's not in my Bible. I mean, when you leave here, the way you leave is the way you left. 
As a tree falls, so shall it lie. And so if a person's not saved when they leave here, they're not going to have a chance to get saved when they go into eternity. They either go in one or two places, heaven or hell. The Bible says in hell, the rich man lifted up his eyes. In heaven, Lazarus was in the presence of the Lord in the bosom of Abraham. So there are, there's reality to heaven and hell. But, you know, the, the feeling of, of knowing that, the grief and the sorrow. Now, see, my, wife, my first wife passed away in 2009. And, no, I didn't want to see her go home. I didn't want to see her go home. But I couldn't persuade her otherwise because, you see, she stood in faith. And she stood in faith for a long time. But I'll never forget the day she called me in the room. I had a little intercom in my office there in the house. And she said, Clarence, get in here right now. Boy, I run in there. I didn't know. I thought maybe she was had almost fallen or fell. And, and I run in there, and she's sitting in their chair just smiling Happy as could be. She said, sit down. i got something to tell you. <laughs> she said, you know, I've been in the presence of the Lord the last few days, and I knew she had. She had been talking to God. She had been seeing things in the spirit realm. And she said, now look, I don't want you to be sad, but I'm going home. I said, you're going where? She said, yeah, heaven. I'm going home. And I started crying. She said, don't cry. That's what we preach about. This is the ultimate end. This is what it's all about. Going to heaven in the presence of the Lord. And she began to tell me things she hadn't seen in the spirit realm. I believe there's a veil that people can see things that we don't see. They can see beyond that veil. They see people that's gone on to be with the Lord. They, they see them ready to welcome them there. You know, uh, my older brother, when he got ready to, to leave this earth, he said, uh, "Now, how, how am I going to know? Uh, what am I, how, how do I how do I know I'm going to make, make it, brother? Uh, brother, he said, Bubba. He said, How am I going to know? I said, Dub. I said, Look, when it comes time for you to go home, Corey Tim Bim, Corey Tim Boom told this in her book. She used to go visit some relatives, and she'd ask her daddy. She said, Where's my ticket? He said, I'll give you a ticket when you get on the train." You'll have your ticket when you get on the train. And I told my brother that story. And I said, Bub, I said, I'm going to tell you something. This is what the Lord wants me to tell you. When it's time for you to go, God will give you the ticket. He'll give you the grace. He'll give you the peace. He'll give you the know-abouts. Amen. And I said, that's all you need to know. And then he asked me a question. He said, what's it like to die? I said, I don't know. I've never died. I said, but you know what? You're going to have the peace of God. And you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to meet Jesus Christ. He's our Lord. Amen. And you know when he left? He left peacefully. He went in the presence of God. The joy of the Lord was there in the room. Same thing with my wife. When she passed, I was right there with her when she went. And I mean it like the angels of heaven came in that place. Praise God. And I tell you what. 
I, I, I mean, listen, when a, when a saint of God leaves, there's something that happens. There, there's a grand reunion going on. Praise God. And, uh, but we can rejoice. Now, yes. Now, was I sad? Yes. I was lonely for a few days, for a few months, for a few years. But that first year was the worst. But you know what God did? I had to go out to the graveyard, and we went out there, and I just had a little uh, talk with the Lord, you know. And uh, he just let me rant and rave and do all this stuff, you know. And uh, when I was tired out, he just, I said, Lord, what's going on? I mean, you know, she's supposed to be healed. He said she is. And and he said, and I'm going to tell you something else. The disease didn't take her. I brought her home. I'm the only one that has the expiration date. And the devil's not going to take us out beforehand. Hallelujah. If we'll put our confidence in him and learn how to rejoice in all things. Hallelujah. Rejoice. It's not just a cheerful disposition, but it's something that requires supernatural power. See, how many ever tried to laugh when you didn't feel like laughing? You ever had to do that? And you you try to force a smile, you know. You you try, but but you it, listen. But when you get in the faith realm with the Lord, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You're not letting circumstances. You're not letting all of these things just hold you back and hold you in bondage, but you're, you're, you're free in your spirit and you're able to rejoice and praise God because He is Lord. Amen? He is the Lord of all things. And uh, we're going to be able to come forth out of this thing. Hallelujah! And we, we just need to understand that God is in charge of our lives. Sometimes it takes a storm to accelerate you to get where you need to be. Can I say that again? Sometimes it takes a storm in your life to accelerate you to where you need to be. When you look back, you'll say, wow, <laughs> look what God did. Because God uses storms. He uses whatever to get us to that place. Now, when Paul and them were in the storm, they didn't intend on being on that island of Malta. That was their destination. That wasn't where they intended. But because of the storm that came up and almost beat their boat to nothing, they held on with everything within them. They ended up on the island. Paul was over there warming himself by the fire. All of the people of the island were gathered around, and a viper snatched himself to his arm. Paul just looked at it and just shook it off right there in the fire. And everybody was amazed and thought he was a god, you know. They had a revival on that island. The king of that island got saved. They had a move of God to happen because that storm put them in the will of God. Put them right in the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if you're going through something tonight, just say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, how do I do that? So what does rejoicing the Lord always mean? It doesn't mean that we'll never have a time to be sad or depressed. But what we got to do, by faith, by faith. Have you ever had to do something by faith? 
My little girl one time, she went through a little thing. We, she, she just all down in the dumps, and she was just a ball in that skull. And I said, Stacy, now listen, that's not no way to be. I disciplined you because you needed it, and that was part of it. You know, we don't like to be reprimanded. Amen? Even when we get grown. <laughs> but I, I said, now, but listen, I said, it's for your good. Now, I said, now, you know what you need to do. What is the scripture that your mama always taught you in children's church? A merry heart doing good like a medicine. I said, that, that's right, but you're not very merry right now, are you? I said, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, a sorrowful spirit drieth the bones. That's what the, that was their scripture for children's church. And she said, I said, now say it again. I made her say it three or four times. Listen, sometimes somebody said, I don't know when he's going to preach something else. I've heard this message a hundred times. Well, you're going to hear it some more, a hundred more times until you do it. Hallelujah. Because why? Because it takes repetition sometimes. <laughs> But the thing is, I finally encourage her. I said, now, come on, put a smile on your face. Just put a smile. Oh, okay, okay. She'd smile. Oh. I said, no, no, no. No tears, smile. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. And she smiled, and for long, we were both down in the floor rolling and laughing. Why? Number one, a merry heart does good like a medicine. <laughs> but a sorrowful spirit drives the bones. But we got to learn how to rejoice in the Lord. Paul said, rejoice always. Rejoice always is what Paul said. And uh, so, you know, to rejoice in the Lord is not always a matter of feeling, but it's of obedience. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. Philippians 4, 4 said, Paul didn't ask him to do, to, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He wasn't saying, if you feel like it, you rejoice. If you feel like it, you raise your hands and praise the Lord. If you feel like it, you know, just act like you're happy. No. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, it was a command. He was an, it was his apostolic authority that he had. And he had a right to minister in an apostolic authority to these people because he founded that church. And he was a spiritual father to them. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. So it's something that, uh, it's not a matter of feeling, but it's out of obedience. We obey what God says. We deliberately choose to rejoice. Amen. I challenge you in your situation, whatever it might be. Just take a few minutes and just start laughing. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You're going to feel better all over, brother, than any place else. Amen? It's a commandment. It has to do with our attitude. We have to be deliberate about it. We have to say, Lord, my heart rejoices. I'm going to let it rejoice. Amen? Praise God. Now, to rejoice in the Lord is always an attitude of contentment and hope that transcend circumstances. You see, circumstances is only temporary. Can I say that again? Circumstances are only temporary. 
Whatever you're going through, it's not a lifetime experience. Hallelujah. Because you're going to graduate to a bigger problem. <laughs> it's only temporary. See, God's got confidence in you. You can make it. You can do it. You've got the ability. You've got the faith. You've got my life. You've got my joy. You've got my peace. God's got confidence in us. But Paul said, I've learned over in Philippians, the fourth chapter, 11th chapter. I've learned to be content with all things that I have. I've learned in whatever state I am, whatever the circumstances are, I've learned to be content. Now, that word content means to be the same all the time. Not troubled. Not in, not in disarray. Not unpeaceful. Not, not, not unjoyful. I, but you're the same all the time. People ought to be able to come up to you and say, you don't ever have no problems, do you? I had somebody come to me one time. I was counseling them. And they sat down and they said, Brother Clarence, you don't ever have any problems, do you? Never do you have any problems. I said, uh, could we change sides for just a minute? Let me sit there and you sit over here. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah, we've all got situations. We've all got some circumstances. And we've all got some problems. Amen. But to rejoice... It's, a, it's contentment, being the same all the time. How many is ready to be the same all the time? How can we rejoice in the Lord always? That's, you know, that's what God's saying. Listen, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is our strength. Everybody say, I've got the strength of God. I've got the joy of the Lord. And I'll tell you what, I'm a, I, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? I tell you what, you can't hardly sing that song without getting physical with it. You want to dance, you want to shout, you want to clap your hands, you want to you want to you want to move and praise the Lord because the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Can you say praise God? Paul said, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Always. Everybody say always. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter how bad it looks. Doesn't matter how bad you make it look. <laughs> Listen, we can magnify the problem. We can magnify it and make it bigger than what it is. And so God is saying, rejoice. If we'll just rejoice, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands and just rejoice. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We rejoice. We rejoice, we rejoice, we rejoice in you, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.